Hello and welcome to Healthy Morning Revolution Radio. I'm your host, Maria Klyovkov. I'm president and CEO of Healthy Morning Revolution and Healthy Morning Publications. I am an author, keynote speaker, workshop and webinar facilitator, and grief coach. I'm here to work with you on your grief journey. Together, we work through the stuck places with ease and grace so that you can reclaim your memories, celebrate your love, and recommit to your life. So let's get started. Hello and welcome. So we are in the midst of answering some really important questions that have come through. And and these questions come through mostly on our YouTube channel. When people write comments in our YouTube channel, uh, we are collecting the questions and we're answering them in the order that we receive them. Unfortunately, just because of time and such, uh, sometimes they've been asked long before. Um, I usually type in a quick answer and then um, and then do a longer answer if the question warrants it when we're together here. So I actually want to combine two very important questions that, that are the next on the list. One question is about what do I do when a death um, brings up some raw memories of a death that I've already had? Um, the woman who asked this is very specific about this is her mom's death that um, a recent death has brought up memories about her mom's death. Um, And she wants me to talk about how one death can bring up memories of my mom's death. And I'm very happy to talk about that. The next question on the list, which works with this, is what can I do to create rituals to honor um, the memory of my loved one after his service. So the service has already happened, which is the ritual that we recognize as the funeral or the memorial service um, or a celebration of life, whatever we call that ritual. But what can we do for other rituals was the question. And that came off of a YouTube that that actually speaks about some rituals um, and the importance of ritual even after you've had that first ritual. So let me start with why, why does a death bring up um, the memory of, of another death? It's because if we don't convert our grief to mourning, so again, grief is the internal expression, uh, sorry, the internal experience of the loss. So um, when somebody dies, whether we cry, whether we seem sad, whether we just go on with our life internally, there is some part of us that is recognizing that loss and that is reacting to that loss. And that internal experience of the loss is our grief. And it can happen in many different ways on many different levels. And I talk about that in other podcasts. I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, Mourning is the external expression of that internal experience. And if we don't take the time to slow down to the pace of our grief and convert that grief to mourning. In other words, convert it into an external expression that gets it out of our body and out of our mind. Then what we do is we bury and carry it because there is a myth that time heals all wounds and that that would actually include the wound of grief. But the reality is that's just not true. It's a myth that we like to believe in, but the reality is Grief needs to be expressed out of our body. If it is not, then it becomes buried and carried. And slowly over time, we start to live a more diminished life because joy ceases to become possible. 
we are carrying this heavy emotional weight. Sometimes it also manifests as a, as a physical weight in our beingness, aches and pains in our body, chronic um, pains may start to occur because our body is carrying a really heavy load that we haven't expressed out of it yet. So the importance of ritual is that ritual allows us to access what is buried and carried and express it out. And because we are in the week where um, England has been through their 10 days of mourning for Queen Elizabeth and the burial has just happened at the time of this recording, it has just happened. I wanted to speak for a minute about how brilliantly England has handled ritual and how much they understand the importance of converting grief to mourning. You may have noticed that in interviews, people who stood online for hours were asked why, why was it important for them to do it and what did they experience in the doing of it? And time and again, the experience comes back. It wasn't real until I actually saw the coffin. It wasn't real until I saw the crown go by. It wasn't real until I saw the crown, the scepter, and the orb be removed from the coffin. These things that make the death real, and I just posted a, a, a video on YouTube about this because it's such an important piece of the puzzle. We have to make that death real. If we don't and we're burying and carrying grief, then what happens is we haven't met the very first need of mourning. And the very first need of mourning is that we acknowledge the reality of the loss. And so we are able to heal if we take the time to slow down to our internal experience about the loss and we start to express it externally. Ritual allows us the space and the grace to do that. Taking 10 days to literally put a nation on hold so that we can honor the love and honor the passing of a life that has touched so many people around the world is extraordinary. To slow down to the pace and give every one of her, her subjects an opportunity to connect in the way that they need to, isn't that just brilliant and beautiful? Now, if you've already had a ritual, that doesn't mean you can't have another one. In the first year after my mother's passing, I actually had three ceremonies. And the reason I had three is because one wasn't enough. We had the initial memorial service in the place where she lived when she died, and she had lived there for 15 years. Then we had the inurnment, and that was many months later. And the reason we did that is, first of all, I needed to be with the ashes for a while before I was ready to release the ashes. And so if you have ashes um, and you're looking for a ritual and, and it feels true for you, then perhaps the next ritual, no matter how long ago it was, is to do a ritual that is connected with the releasing of the ashes. If perhaps they lived in more than one place as my mother did, my mother lived most of her life in New York and was born and raised in Hungary. So having ritual in New York, where her family and friends were, many of whom could not fly to Seattle to be with us for the first service, it was very important to have this family service. And we did that many months later again. And each date was an important date. There was the date that was um, the date 
of, of her birth, which would have been her 80th birthday, that was the first ceremony. The second ritual occurred on the anniversary of my parents' wedding. The third ritual happened, um, I it, it was the fifth month. It wasn't the sixth month. It was the fifth month because that was the date that worked for most people. But it was the five-month anniversary of her passing. So dates are very important. And it helps when we have a birthday or an anniversary date. The one-year anniversary of the death is highly significant. And it's very important to have a ritual of some sort around that. Because what that can do is that can connect us with the parts that we may not even be aware are still there inside of us. You know, we may have gotten on with life and we live in societies that are all about bearing and carrying the grief. It's about the stiff upper lip and it's about carrying on with life and and getting back to normal as if there is any such thing. We're going to find a new normal, but we don't find that new normal if we don't do the grief journey. And the grief journey requires us to do healthy mourning. When we do that, what we discover is that we heal from our grief. Grief was never meant to be a place that you stay stuck in. Grief was never meant to be a place that you live in. So for people who say, I will grieve for the rest of my life, if we do the grief journey well, then we understand that the grief journey is taking us from the time when our beloved was walking this earth. On the day that they died, they ceased to be physical. And what we're seeking is where they are now and where our relationship is with them now. So regardless of your spiritual belief or your religious belief, there is a way to find relationship with them. It may be in memory. It may be in real time. Only you can know where that relationship is now. The important thing is that we take the time to find where the relationship is now. And when we find where that relationship is now, that's when we heal from the grief journey. Otherwise, we're bearing and carrying grief or we're choosing to get stuck in grief. And when somebody does say, uh, I will grieve for the rest of my life, what they're really saying is I'm choosing to stay in the place where I remember them because remembering them keeps them alive. And so I'm going to keep them alive and I'm going to be sad about them not being physical with me anymore. But what you're not doing is you're not allowing yourself, you're not affording yourself the opportunity to find where the relationship is now. Doing ritual to help us to connect with the reality of the loss is a stepping stone en route to finding where the relationship is now so that we can live our best lives and we can continue the relationship. Death ended the life. It did not end the relationship. And all of those myths about closure and saying goodbye, those are myths. The only thing we're saying goodbye to is their physical presence. And that's a big thing to say goodbye to. And it takes time and it takes patience and it takes a whole lot of love. As I like to say, grief is a journey from love to love with love. If you need more information about this or anything that I say, please be sure to check us out at healthymorning.com. And most importantly, we are coming up on our next live launch. We do live launches quarterly. If this is your time to be with us, it is five days when we are together one hour a day um, live on Zoom. And we, we have a program where we're talking about what is the difference between grief and mourning. We are talking about 
what is buried and carried grief. We are talking about what are the myths of grief that would block us from converting our grief to mourning and actually keep us stuck in our grief. And as we begin to learn the truths about the grief journey, we learn not to fear it. In fact, what we learn is to trust it. On Thursday of the five days, that one hour is all about collecting all of your questions, and it's just a straight-up Q&A. If you have questions, please feel free to make comments, like, and share, as always. And I look forward to being with you next time. Namaste. One last thing before you go. I'm so glad you joined us here today. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, I invite you to go to the Healthy Morning YouTube channel where I recorded a video that talks about this topic, but in a slightly different way. So you may pick up a few other pointers. The link is in the description. You can also check out healthymorning.com for links to our free Healthy Morning Revolution Facebook group and the registration page for our free Healthy Morning Live Launch Workshop. And also the Amazon link to my book, Healthy Morning, Happy Loving, 52 Ways to Convert Your Grief to Morning with Ease and Grace. Again, that's all at healthymorning.com. I'm committed to helping you convert your grief to mourning with ease and grace. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next one. Drop me a note and let me know what was helpful to you here and what other topics you'd like me to talk about. Until next week, wishing you ease and grace in your grief journey. Much love to you. Namaste.